Welcome to a special episode of the Talking Ball Y'all podcast, brought to you by Pearl River Community College. Katie Cake and Company, located at 109 West Canal Street in Picayune, and Robertson Brothers Used Cars, located on Highway 11 South in Picayune. Joining us tonight is a former Maroon Tide standout and a special friend to Clay and I. Hope you enjoy. Jeff and I are fortunate and pumped up to have Greg Walls with us tonight on the Talking Ball Y'all podcast. And Greg, man, thanks for taking time to join us. Hey, man, thank you for having me, man. It's so good to hear from you guys. It's been, it's been quite some time. And for our listeners that don't know, uh, Greg was a graduate of Picayune High School in 1997. He was a standout uh, athlete for Maroon Tide. And I'm going to shortchange you somewhere along here, Greg, because you did so much <laughs> while you were here. Uh, football, baseball, track, just uh, anything you touch that I can remember and the Maroon and White you were uh, phenomenal at. And so – that's, let's start there, Greg. Uh, your time here for the Maroon Tide and, and all the different things yeah. that you participated in, man. Let's just kind of walk through some of those memories. Yeah, man. Uh, it, it was First of all, it was fantastic. Uh, I had a chance to play for Coach Dolly, who's still been there, still winning playoff games. He's had a chance to win a few state championships. I'm super excited about uh, the, the athletes and the direction that those athletes have gone uh, over the past 20, 21 years, man. That's how long it's been. Mm. Uh, and when I played, I mean, Clay, you know, man, you guys know <laughs> when I played, man, we had some guys that, I mean, I was blessed and fortunate enough to get to get a chance to go play at the next level. But truthfully, uh, on my on that team, man, there were five, six, seven guys better athletes than me. Uh, I mean, we had guys out there that, that could just flat out go. You know, Nick Watts, uh, mm-hmm. tremendous athlete. Uh, you know, Nick Woods, uh, I mean, Nick Wilkes, all of them. Mm, good all athletes, the Knicks. Great That's athletes. the first three that came yeah, to mind yeah. were the Knicks. Yeah, you know, I mean, those guys were, were tremendous athletes, you know. And, uh, I mean, we had guys that, um, Roger Jackson, mm-hmm. you know, that, that could straight up go. I mean, it was guys that were just, you know, better athletes than I was. And I was fortunate enough to stay on the team uh, that we did a little bit of winning, you know. So, it, it, was, it was a good deal. And you guys remember, we went to the playoffs uh, my senior year. Uh, basketball team. Uh, I didn't play basketball. I stopped playing basketball as a junior because I wanted to play some baseball. And you guys know how good our baseball teams were. And even on that team, I mean, you had Ryan Carroll, who was mm-hmm. a monster. You know, uh, in '96, Griggs, Griggs, Sean Griggs. Mm-hmm. Man, we had some guys. And you guys, did you guys know that uh, everybody on our roster hit a home run in 1997? Wow. I mean, I mean, Rob, that's just Rob crazy, Ford, huh? Keith Taylor, all those guys, man. We uh, everybody on on roster hit home runs that year. We lost four games that year. Two of them to Donnie Bridges, old man, old bro. Mm-hmm. You remember old Donnie? So, I mean, he threw that football the same speed he threw a baseball. You remember that? Yeah, man. It didn't matter. It didn't matter what route he was throwing. <laughs> he, he threw a slant like he threw a face. <laughs> dude, that dude, oh, that man. man was monster. That dude, he was he was special, and he was the only one that could beat us. Uh, so I mean, we played some. We played with some with some guys, man. I, I was. I'm very excited about our hometown talent. Even 20 years ago, you know, we like I said, man. It, people really have to realize the the opportunities you get gifted, and when you when you can look in the mirror and know you may not be the best athlete on on the field, or let alone on the team. 
you know. So it just you got you to gotta capitalize on your advantages, I guess. Greg, some of my passion for doing what Jeff and I are blessed to be able to do right now, talking sports, comes from that I was usually good enough to get on a team, but definitely good enough to be watching a lot of it. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I can remember a special night, and you're going to have to correct my memory, man, but I think it was down at Hancock, and I don't know how many guys, and I'm talking baseball now, I don't know how many guys yep, you yep. struck out that night, but you may. How many was it, Greg? Uh, it was it was Harris Central. <laughs> All right. It was my first start my uh, junior year, and I struck out eighteen cats that night. Mm-mm-mm. Wow. Yeah, I, I struck out eight, eighteen people in a seven inning game. Wow. Uh, and what's so funny about that, Clay, is uh, my sophomore year. Their, their fourth batter hit a bomb off me. I'll never forget it. I don't even remember his name, but he hit one off the scoreboard. Uh, and then that next year, I struck him out three times. <laughs> uh, so that that was the first start. That was the first start of my junior year. As a matter of fact, I think that was the first start of my varsity career. Uh, it was Harrison. We were at Harrison Central, as a matter of fact. And uh, I struck out 18 that night. I still got a hundred. You know, I still got a hundred people that year. Yeah, I do. I do know. I watched a lot of that. That's what when I think of you and, and what your career and and the way you played cornerback and defensive back at TCU. Still, my memory goes back to just how nasty you were on that dang bump, man. That, that's you know all those memories. But you and the Maroon and just how nasty you were on that on that pitcher's mound, man. You know what's funny? Is uh, I think I think that uh, Greg Mitchell and Ryan made my job a whole lot easier, brother. Uh, cause Ryan threw BBs, like mm-hmm. he threw the ball so far, and Greg Mitchell made the ball go wherever he wanted to go. So when I when I got to the uh, I mean it was it was like right between what they did. I threw a little harder than Greg. And I threw a little more stuff than Ryan, so I we, we made it difficult for a lot of people. Yes, indeed. we made it difficult for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Good so. memories, man. And and talk to us, Greg. Yeah, We've kind of alluded to it, but your career at Picayune, what you were able to do, not just athletically but academically too, that led to a, a great opportunity over at, at TCU. Talk to us about that opportunity what helped you earn that opportunity and what you've been able to parlay, parlay that into. Man, you know what? This is one of my favorite stories, man. Uh, I, uh, I, it, 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 it's crazy how just being prepared for an opportunity without really realizing allows your career to take off, man. And I'm going to preface it with, you know, it, it, it what it does for a young athlete, what it does for somebody to continue their career beyond high school is, is hard to explain. Like, it's what it does for a person's confidence, what it does for their, their life is, is really hard to fathom. So, for me, man, I, baseball, you guys know I love baseball is my, my first love. I love baseball, without a doubt. Uh, it's my favorite sport. But football was the was the baby it was the aggression it was the it was the ticket so i of course i was a good student 
You know, I was AB Honor Roll, National Honor Society, uh, all of those things. And then at, when I played, I was all district, uh, all state, all coast. And how I got, do you guys know how I got to TCU? No, and I went back and even tried to research and read some of that, uh, Greg, because I couldn't remember how you ended up over there, honestly. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you guys how I got to TCU. Okay, so I know you guys know George County. You know, you, you know George County. And, you know, we played George County uh, in 96, my senior year. We played them twice. I mean, we played them once in the regular season because they were in our district. Then we played them in the, in the playoffs. Well, the coach from George County, called TCU. Coach Buckley, who was the head coach at George County, mm-hmm. he called TCU. You know, he uh, he walked up to me at the end of the game. You know, we were shaking hands, and that was that same game. Sylvester didn't get that fourth and three. Uh, 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 they stopped us on that fourth down. I talk mm-hmm. to fans about that all the time, every time I talk <laughs> to them. But anyway. <laughs> but he, uh, Coach Buckley, walked up to me and shook my hand and said, son, you keep doing what you're doing, you'll get a chance to play somewhere. That, those were the only words he said to me. And he called TCU. He knew the director of football operations at TCU. So uh, Rick Villarreal, who was director of football operations at TCU, called me before TCU played SMU that year. And that's when TCU would play SMU on Thursday night, and they would kick off Rivals Week. So he called me and said, hey, Greg Walls, I heard I need to call you. I heard you're a good football player. So we got on the phone, and he said, well, listen, what do you know about TCU? I was like, nothing. I've never heard of TCU. And uh, he said, well, i tell you what. I want you to watch us play. We play SMU on Thursday. Watch us play, and I'll call you back on Monday. And SMU uh, thrashed TCU. <laughs> uh, and he called me that Monday. He said, well, I know you watch the play. What do you think? I said, well, Coach, I, you know, I don't think you guys are very good. <laughs> and he started laughing and said, <laughs> and said, hey, I know. That's why I'm calling you. <laughs> and that's how my career, like, that's how my recruiting career for TCU began, man. I, you know, they were talking and calling. And Coach Sullivan, who was a coach at the time, him and, and Phil Bennett flew down. Uh, it's 20 years ago, man. You guys are going to appreciate this because we all from the same spot. That's when the airport, uh, airport freeway, they landed on a private plane right there off the airport freeway on that small airport. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. And, and, you know, and you know, my mama house, you know, we live right up the street. Yeah, that, that wasn't so, far from the house. You could have rode up there on Yeah, it's right there. Yeah. <laughs> so they came by the house and hung out and ate, and I took my visit and absolutely loved it. And, and man, I, it was the best decision that decision, that opportunity, man, him taking the time to make that call is the reason I'm on the phone with you today. Think, mm. think about what I'm talking about, fellas. Yeah. Like that, we're talking 1996 is when I talked to him, 22 years ago. Yeah, God uses you know? uh, situations. Oh, man, that, that's, that's incredible. Cool stuff gives me uh, goose pimples as, as picking you guys to be able to kick that around. It's pretty neat. And here's the, here's the biggest part to that. Here's the part that I didn't realize until about 10 years ago. I was already prepared for that. Like, listen, man, gentlemen, I get so excited, like, talking to you, talking to Josh, talking to people from the house, because I didn't know. Like, when I was in the ninth grade, I knew I was going to graduate from college. 
I tell people that all the time, but I knew that. I didn't know what college. I didn't know how. I didn't know where. I didn't know how. I just knew. I knew in my heart I was going to graduate from college. I didn't realize I was preparing for that moment at that moment. I didn't, because I had already taken my ACT and my SAT. I was making good grades. I was already qualified. I didn't realize those are the things I had to do. I was just doing the things I had to do. Does that make sense? It does, Greg. And, and talk to... Because this leads us in, and we're going to go back to your story and some of your days at TCU, but I don't want to go much further without telling what you're going to be doing for the youth here and picking you right. when you come and, and kind of what you're doing where you are now. And and to me, it seems just from reading and research is some of this process that we're describing, you're helping kids get, get to this point. Absolutely. That, that's what we do. We use the sport. The sport is the carrot. Like we use the, our staple program is a seed program, and we work with baseball clubs, basketball clubs, football teams, and players, and all that other stuff on their on their skill, on their strength, on their speed, on their skill, on their fundamentals, mechanics, and sports. But we do that to help them earn scholarships. So once we get them here, we teach them the process. Man, over the past four years, we've helped forty kids earn scholarships in multiple sports. We've had 40 kids receiving some kind of offer from some school in volleyball, basketball, uh, soccer, uh, baseball, and football. Wow. And, and track. My, and, and track. And the opportunity, Greg, I mean, you, you know you're describing it, but then financially not to be saddled with student loan, I mean, that, that is just huge. Absolutely. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. And, and, that, and that's the thing. And that, and that's what we try to help teach. Like, everybody is not a D1 athlete, but if you're good enough, there is a school for you to go further your career. But you got to know how. You have to know the steps. And I think at home, we struggle knowing the steps. And, and it's hard to know what you don't know. It, it's just hard to know what you don't know. It To me, it's like, all the answers for the test are everywhere, and that's the problem. They're everywhere. So you know, for so student we athletes to, or for you, you help streamline that, that process, Greg? You help point people in the right direction absolutely. to these answers? Absolutely. And we take it as a process. We start the process in the middle of the ninth grade year, and we, we will carry them as far as they allow and we, we talk to them about highlight tapes, how to put them together. We talk to them about when and how to take tests. We talk to them about where to invest their money uh, when it comes to tests and training and stuff like that. We talk to them about the uh, what we used to call the clearinghouse, what now the uh, eligibility center. Like There are so many things that we talk to them about that we do that we line them up for, but more importantly, we make calls. We call coaches. We send emails. We got good relationships with coaches. We got good relationships with uh, different people. Uh, so we can evaluate through the eyes of a coach and be sure that we give them the right information for the right direction. So, Greg, I know when you come to town, and this is – you're going to have to help me with the dates. I've got August uh, 18th over at uh, Picayune's football stadium. But 
I know yep. that will be some speed work and a speed camp that you're going to be putting on, but also they will get access to this knowledge too while you're here? Yeah, that's on Thursday night at the auditorium at, uh, I think it's 7 o'clock, right after, right after the, uh, the team eats and whatnot, the football team eats and whatnot. I think it's 7 o'clock from 7 to 8. All athletes, all parents, all of Pearl River County is invited, man. I mean, I won't – there is no reason why we should pass an opportunity to at least get the foundation. You know, if you are in the 8th grade, ninth grade, 10th grade and up, and you are, if they're really interested in learning how to earn a scholarship or maybe why a D1 is not looking at them or the first step to have somebody even take a look at them, I have that info, and I'm going to spend an hour giving away that info for no money just I, because I feel like it's the first step to some serious advancement to some of those big-time athletes and even middle-of-the-road athletes or for them to understand why they're not a D1 or why they're at a different division, or why they are a D1 athlete, or why D3 and D2 and D1AA can still further your career, get you a degree, and you can build a legacy wherever or whatever sport you play. Greg, I, you, you described that on Thursday night. Is that something that they need to register for or, or get in touch yeah. with you for? What are they, what's they, the steps they need to do to be prepared for that Thursday night? Yeah. They can go to our Facebook page. They can go to uh, the Performance Experience Facebook page, I think, uh, and, the, and the tag is uh, Performance Experience, and go to events, and they'll see both events. They'll see, uh, or we're putting up the event for Thursday night. That'll go up tomorrow, uh, and then they, the camp is already up. Or they can go to Eventbrite at uh, eventbrite.com, and they can look up um, uh, recruiting seminar uh, in Picayune, and they can register there. But they need to register. That registration for the seminar is totally free. Okay. Uh, and then the registration for the camp on Saturday is elementary school kids is twenty bucks. Middle school and high school kids is thirty bucks. And I'm going to teach them different steps, different mechanics, uh, different things on 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 how to, to increase their speed because you can never be fast enough. <laughs> speed is a ticket to get you a chance in any sport. And once you get people's attention, then the steps for recruiting are a necessity. So they go hand in hand, and that's why we're doing it like that. So, um, yeah, if you go to Eventbrite right now, you'll see the link, and you can go to uh, uh, Recruiting Seminar and pick you and it'll pop up they register right there uh, or they can go to our facebook page it'll be up tomorrow on the performance experience facebook page uh and we're gonna share and get that all out from our talking ball facebook oh, page we're gonna push absolutely push all of this uh out to our listeners but it, it almost sounds like you'd be silly if you had a young person that has anything to do with this not to at least make uh, the 16th event on that Thursday night. And then if you wanted to give them an added advantage on, uh, you know, you I've heard it said you can't coach speed. Well, it sounds like you can, huh, Greg? You absolutely can coach speed. If you couldn't coach speed, those kids wouldn't be preparing for the, uh, <laughs> for the combine in the NFL. Mm-hmm. 
you you can absolutely coach speed. You can if you can coach a kid how to hit a golf ball or hit a baseball or tackle a person, you can teach them the fundamentals of anything. It's science. It may not be rocket science, but it's science. Well, and it sounds like uh, that opportunity on the 18th gives your your kids maybe an advantage. It's a competitive. Everything's competitive. Maybe give them a competitive advantage to tap into that. Greg, I wanted to take that time out in your story to go here. When we left your store, you were just uh, being recruited by TCU. Sounds like you had made that decision. And what did that lead to? What was your time like over at TCU? Best time of my life. It was the absolute best time of my life. Listen, man, if there is any in our hometown, or honestly, in Hancock and PRC, uh, Poplarville, I, I mean, because – I understand rivalries. I understand being competitive and wanting to win and wanting to beat people. I also understand the advancement of career. And what I'm saying, I'm saying that to say, the opportunity to be at TCU honestly showed me that there were so many things that can be done outside of home. And to, to experience life in a different manner. <laughs> Man, football brought me to Hawaii. Hmm. You see, what I'm, you see what I'm saying? Like, we played Hawaii in Hawaii when I was with TCU. It, it, like, mm-hmm. I got a chance because of sports. I've been the 48 of the 50, 51 states. Wow. Yeah, sports. And I'm talking about playing the sport, coaching the sport, uh, doing camps, doing clinics, doing seminars like this. The sport is the vehicle, man. And to get a chance to go to a four-year school and play in front of 65,000 some nights and 70,000 and sometimes 15,000. But, uh, I mean, just to play against first-round draft picks, second-round draft picks, to play with a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. When, I, when I played, 11 of us, 11 of us had NFL opportunities. Six got drafted, five winners created. 11. So the, the sport alone, beyond just playing – gifted me an opportunity to have this conversation with you guys, man. It, it really did. And, and I feel obligated to, <clears throat> to let everybody on earth that I know to, to at least give them a chance that I got. So, or at least give them the path to the chance that I got. You know, and, and Greg, you mentioned it about playing with the Hall of Famer. For some that may not know, talk a little bit about that Hall of Famer. And also, uh, if correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he was your roommate in college. So talk about that experience of of, of sharing a space and sharing a locker room and a sideline uh, with LaDalian Tomlinson. Man, that dude is one of the best people around, man. He, uh, the humility he has, uh, there's a reason why his career – was what it was. We've been friends for a mighty long time. Uh, uh, we we were roommates. I mean, we walked on the yard together on the same day in August of 1997, uh, and we've been friends ever since. Uh, we've had our ups and downs and our fallouts and whatnot. But uh, I was I was there at his wedding. I know his kids. I know his wife. You know, we we've, we've done some things business wise together. But I'm going to say this to all the youngsters, or all the parents of youngsters who are listening or who will be listening, let me tell you something, brother. If you wanted, if you wanted to see the making of a Hall of Fame career, I wish everybody would have had a chance to watch him work, hmm. to watch the work that he put in, to watch him run those hills, to do the pool workout, 
to do the workouts after practice, uh, that time, that energy put in, uh, that effort. And then I had the opportunity to train him when he was uh, going to the Jets, when he played for the Jets for two years. I trained him those two summers. And to see the attention to detail, even on the uh, back half of his career, the attention to detail that he worked with and the, the work towards the perfection of the movement, man, it's a lot that goes into being great. It ain't just talent. And I got a chance to see it firsthand. So, and that's the approach I get to take when I'm working with athletes. Like, it's the meticulous attention to detail. It's not how fast can I do something, but how fast and efficient can I do it the right way multiple times. So to be around him and his thought process and his attitude towards just the game, man, it was a tremendous blessing. Because you guys know me, man. I ain't never lacked confidence. Like, I've always had confidence. You know? Or that smile, man. I hope you smile and that smile I remember while we talking tonight. If you're doing that, I feel like we're doing good. Yeah, man. You know, I ain't missing no confidence, baby. But uh, the work. If I'd have known how to work like that, because I worked hard, and no doubt about it, I've never been afraid of hard work, but to understand how to work like that early in my career would have been a big benefit. So that's why I teach people how to do the work. I think it's important to understand how to do that work. So, um, yeah, man, it, it was it was a great thing to see. And I knew LT before he was, LT, like, mm-hmm. like I, we watched him and was like, yeah, that dude right there mm-hmm. is gonna be something else, you know, like he's he's beyond this world, and we knew that when he was a sophomore, you know, so uh, the world got to see it as a junior, but we knew it before before he was in the running back, you know, LT was a fullback, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know that he played fullback his sophomore year, so and that, that's another lesson young kids need to learn: go play go play football or go play your sport, go play basketball. You know, you're not just a quarterback. Go be an athlete. If the coach wants to play tight end, go be a tight end. You know, humble yourself to go what's best, do what's best for the team so you understand what you're doing. Greg, you talk about walking on, on the yard. I think how you described it with LT and that, that recruiting class. Talk about how y'all kind of changed the culture there at TCU, and we may still be seeing some of what – Y'all built there as your senior year. I, I think I've got this right. Y'all went to ten and two, uh, end of the year, ranked yep. 18th in the country. And you, you've bragged on uh, Thomason. We'll brag on you, uh, an all whack uh, defensive back your senior year. So you're a pretty good player yep. over there for the Horn Frogs. Um, talk to us about how you that group kind of changed that culture and. And and I had a question, Coach Patterson. Did you was he your defensive coordinator at the time, Greg? One of those years, he was. He was. He was defensive coordinator all three years, like ninety eight, ninety nine, and two thousand. Uh, he was a coordinator there, and uh, Chris Thurman, who was a great friend of mine, and, and one of the best things that ever happened to me was my position coach. Uh, those three years as well. As a matter of fact, Coach Thurman and I talk every other week still. Uh, 22 years later, mm. we talked. Well, 20 years later, we talked every other week. Um, now, I'm, <laughs> as I said earlier, gentlemen, you know I ain't never lacked no confidence. <laughs> that was my biggest problem when I walked in the camp. I thought I had all the answers. So, for all you youngsters listening out there, the number one thing you need to realize is: do not 
take your high school accolades into your college career. Mm. That's a bad mistake, and I and I made it because you are you're not what your high school stats say you are <laughs> when you're going out there with grown men. You, you you gotta you can learn the lesson now, or you can learn it the hard way. So I always tell our young athletes, hey, walk with enough confidence to be on the edge of cockiness, but live with enough humility to learn that you're not ready. Mm-hmm. And I wish I would have taken that advice because I sucked as a freshman. <laughs> I was the worst. I was so bad, fellas. <laughs> and I started four or five games. I was so bad that my sophomore year, I started out on the depth chart as <laughs> the second third string corner. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so that's I like was left out then. Huh, I rotated in. I <laughs> rotated in. That's how bad I was at the corner position. You know what I'm saying? So <clears throat> what I did was I humbled myself enough, and I told myself as a sophomore, look, I didn't come to school to um, I didn't come to school. That my fault. Uh, oh, you're good. I had to uh I had to realize that look, I didn't come here to watch other people play football. I didn't. So I worked. I put so much energy and time and hard work into the fact of working. Like I was not afraid and I was like, I'm going to take this position. So in the spring, I started the spring I started the spring football camp as the rotating third corner. I ended the spring as the starting point starting boundary point mm. and that was a, and i never lost that position i was at until i graduated and i was second team all conference as a junior first team all conference as a senior played on the number five defense in the nation played on the number one defense in the nation uh i think i had like 11 pass breakups in one season like i i i made a decision that i wasn't my career would not be spent watching other people play my position but I had to humble myself to make that make that decision. I didn't make that decision. Like, I know I'm cold. I should be playing. I was like, I know I got work to do. Mm. Let's go do this work. Yeah, so, we're not going to mention. So, Jeff and I, both USM guys, we're not going to mention anything about that Mobile Bowl. We'll, we'll hey, let me tell you something, the- man. Let me tell you about that. Now, now, don't don't do it, Greg. Greg. Don't, don't do it. I'm oh, just going to say, you know, that we really didn't want to be there. We felt like yeah, we y'all had been slighted have to play in that bowl two years in a row. Don't, yeah. don't do it, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the coldest you know, football games. Me and my dad went over there, Greg. That was a it was cold good. night, man. It was really good. To uh to play close to the house and play cat that that I'd seen before. Greg, after your career right. there at uh, TCU, just take us on a journey uh, from post playing days there, academically, athletically, to where you are now, man, and to what you're doing. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you guys a story, man, and I, and, and I like telling this story because I think it's important for all athletes to hear, well, all young men to hear of any race of any ethnicity, of any background. Um, I think it's important for them to understand what I'm about to say. Uh, I think it's important for every young male to experience three things at a young age. Uh, number one, I think all young men should be in a fist fight when they're young. 
I think we, we should all get dirt. We should all be able to roll around in the dirt, get in a fist fight, get up, dust ourselves off, and go home. Because what do you know about yourself if you ain't never been in a fight? Mm-hmm. I, I think all young men should get their heart broke by a girl. I think, I think at a young age, a girl needs to break your heart because then you know how to handle people when you get older. And then I think every young man should fail at something at a young age. And when I say fail, I mean something you can't come back from. So let's say you don't make your eighth grade team. You can't go back and make your eighth grade team. Like you need to fail at something. You need to not be able to fix it. Because if you don't, if it happens when you're older, it's harder to handle. And this is where I'm going with this. I had the chance to uh, go to camp with the Washington Redskins, man. And it was, it was the, one of the best experiences and the worst experiences of my life at the same time. I mean, I'm talking about I'm up there with high-level, top-of-the-line, greatest athletes on the planet. Daryl Green, you know, who was still playing when I was there. Champ Bailey, who in my opinion is, is one of the greatest corners to ever walked the face of the earth. And, I, and to watch him practice, you'll understand why he was. I mean, I saw this cat practice, man, and he went uh, three days without getting a ball caught on. In practice, that's absurd. Uh, uh, you know, Sam Shade from Alabama. And, and uh, uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. Jeff George was in camp whenever I was there. I tell you how old I am, brother. Uh, but. I'm in camp, man, and I had never failed at anything. So the opportunity to fail had never even been a thought. Like, to get cut, although how real it is, especially as a free ace, you don't even think about that. All you think is, I'm going to come out here, I'm going to ball, I'm going to make this team, I'm going I'm to show everybody I, I'm supposed to be here. They pick me, you know, that type of deal. Uh, and then you get cut. And the process of getting cut happens fast and furious, and there's no time to think. It's, you know, you need to go see coach. You need to bring your playbook. All right, give me my playbook. I have, uh, we wish you the best. Here's your ticket. Here's some money. Go pack your bag. We take you to the airport. Like, that's how mm-hmm. fast it was for me. So, I mean, there it was no time to really understand that, hey, man, this is it, bro. You know, uh, <laughs> you get on the plane and you're going home still it hasn't set in yet because you just left practice or you just left the game like i was i got cut on a friday walking off the field uh so i get home and it and it's it's done like in that moment you're not good enough and if you've never not been good enough it's hard for a 21 year old to to comprehend that because you guys are athletes man you guys know we play sports we played on teams together it's so hard when your identity is wrapped in the name on the back of the jersey because it runs with the name on the front of the jersey. You know, so your identity is wrapped in what you do, not who you are. So you don't know who you are if you're not doing what you do. So I got cut, and I was back in school on Monday because I had to graduate. I still had a semester of school left. So I'm back home on Friday night, um, in class on Monday morning, sitting there because that's not where I think I'm supposed to be. And it, it was overwhelming for me. And I tried for about a year to get back into the league, you know, try to go to Canada, try to do this, went to more tryouts. And you, you build yourself up for a bigger disappointment. And that led to what a lot of people don't realize about me. That led to a serious depression. And what people don't know, depression is real. 
Mm. Like, that is a real thing. And I'm sharing this with you guys because you guys didn't even know this. And what I learned about depression is depression is not a sense of loneliness or, or sadness. It is a, it's the overwhelming feeling of you can't help me. Nobody can help. There is no one who can help, you know, and, and you sit in that space and you occupy your time with things to occupy your time. Mm. But once you're alone, it's that feeling of not hopelessness, but helplessness because you can't get back to, you don't know who you are. Like all of my identity was wrapped in accolades or things that I have accomplished or being a part of a team or making a play or having a good story or, or doing these things. And now I'm no longer a part of a team. I no longer get to make plays. Uh, but, and you, you guys know I'm born with this, it's, hey, Greg, you still, you played at TCU or you were with the Red, so all of your identity is still wrapped in what you did. Mm. So, mm. so you're trying to find your way. And I, I, as a grown man who wasn't hurting for anything, I finished school, I got a job as a teacher, uh, I use my job as a, as an educator to to get away from being by myself. Because when I was at work, I was on there. Like I was, re- I was a really good teacher. My second year of teaching, I was I was nominated as teacher of the year at the school because I could pour everything into it. Mm-hmm. I could give them everything I had because I knew once I left, it was me. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. And, and, and and I'm still chasing that dream. I'm still working out, doing this, doing that, not realizing that, hey, man, you need to move into the second part of your life. And that, that was hard for me. And, and then I got in the coast, and that was the best thing for me because I was, I was able to give what I could give back to the sport that gave me so much, you know? And that's what led me from coaching to – uh, sports performance instruction to training to uh, seminars to speaking to working with high-level athletes to working with eight-year-olds. I mean, just to be able to hone a craft and, and pour a lot into something that I really cared about and to be able to give people something that was given to me. And then you realize, hey, man, this, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is where I belong. This is, this is what gets me up in the morning. I see why the sport meant so much to me. It wasn't the playing. It was the things that it gave to me. Hmm. You know, it, was, it wasn't all the things that I did. It was what the sport afforded me, and I have to give that away. Like, and, and that's where my heart has been forever, for the longest. And that's what, even in my hardest days, that's what brings the most peace. You know, even on days I'm struggling or, or it's hard to get up or I got fires to put out, that's my piece. That's my faith haven to be working with those athletes, to see that look in their face, to understand what they're working towards and to be able to give them guidance and point them in the right direction or help them become a better athlete. Cause people did that for me. Man, we had great coaches, man. You guys know that. Mm-hmm. Bob, Bob Ford, uh, uh, James Carroll, uh, Ronald, Ronald, uh, Woodson. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, uh, uh, Dolly, man, we had great coaches and people who poured into us. You guys know that, man. And, and to be able to to do the same, and even I, I some wouldn't of the, trade it. I wouldn't trade it for the world. And even some of the unsung guys, like I, I look at a coach Todd, never really 
probably got his due or got his credit. But yeah. what he did with the track program, man, Coach Ty put a lot of time and effort into uh, getting kids better. Listen, you want to talk to you want to talk about him? You uh, call Jasmine, my Jasmine mm-hmm. Cox. You call Jasmine, she'll talk about Jerry Todd for forty five hours. She loves that man mm-hmm. so much because you're you're absolutely right. And and those are the people we've been surrounded with. Our whole life, so we got to be those people. Hmm. We have to be those people, you know. And if we're not, we're wrong. We're doing a disservice to every young person behind us. Great. So that, that's why I do it. Well, and tell us, yep. you know, I, I've gone out to the Facebook for people that are listening to this in Picayune or South Mississippi or in the state. Where can they go see pictures of? exactly where you are and where you're training these athletes and, and what all you're offering. Man, I encourage everybody to go to www.pe28 or pe28.com. Everything is on our website. Podcasts, interviews, all of our social media handles, all of our programs, all of the information. It's easy to read. It's easy to just find whatever you're looking for about us. You can go to our Facebook page, and you can get to our Facebook page from that website. You'll see all of our reviews, what people think about us. You'll see all of the athletes that we, we've been working with. You'll see pictures. You'll see videos. <clears throat> you can find our commercial on YouTube. Uh, everything you're looking for for performance experience is at PE28.com. It, it's and if they want to reach out to us or reach out to me, it's info at PE28.com or it's Greg at PE28.com. Listen, fellas, look, I really, I, I'm going to say this. I will be more than disappointed if we can't pack the house because I know what kind of athletes we have at home. You know it. I know it. We all know it. Absolutely. You know, so Thursday is, Thursday is important to me. Because it's the first step to the next step of getting kids an opportunity to compete for four more years. Beyond that, it's going to change their life. I don't care what anybody says, and I'm not just talking. It gave me this opportunity. Secondly, anybody who wants to argue with me about you can't teach speed, come come see me Saturday, and I'll show them exactly how to teach speed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> love it, man. Tell them come uh, see me exactly how to do it. So. Girls, boys, you got feet. I can show you how to run. So it, it's not it's not an issue, uh, and they can sign up there, and it, it will be overwhelmingly positive for our entire community. We can make excuses or we can make changes. Either way, we got to make something. Absolutely, and and we're gonna pump it out and push it out, and uh, we appreciate you know kind of Bulldog giving us the nudge to to reach out to you and see what that was all about and what how we could plug in and help them so we're certainly going to try to do our part to get the word out and greg man i can't thank you enough dude for the time and uh to be able to catch up with you was one thing but to hear yeah, what you're doing and and just the way that uh, your journey has gone man it's been touching to me and it's been a blast and and to hear you and jeff's connection when we first got on man this is it's been a good night all the way around so we certainly yeah, appreciate man. you i mean wait who Oh, he's on the table, baby. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was Little League teammate all the way up. Yeah, man. Life is crazy. And I want to say this before we get off, man. Uh, 
Josh Robinson, who I, I've been knowing since first grade, uh, and I'm going to say this with, regardless of, and I'm going to say this with no hesitation or reservation. That dude loves that community, mm. period. That dude, I don't care what anybody thinks or says, and they can argue with me all they want. He, we all have our ways of doing things. But what I do know is what he does for the young kids in that community is amazing, period. That Josh Robinson cares about Picayune and the community. And I know that. I talk to him on a regular basis. I know some of the stuff he's done. And I just, I applaud him for it. So I'm saying that to say, let's not reach for heroes who don't know our name. You know, young kids and parents and, 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 and everybody in the like and sports fans who are quick to, to talk about the, how great one is or how terrible one is, uh, who's at a different level or professional level or uh, who we have the opportunity to make our own opinions on what they can or can't do on or off a field or a court. Let's not put our stock in people who don't know our names because there are people that are around us who are ready and willing to move the needle. You guys, Josh, the people who brought us up, we can't forget those people, man. You know, that, that's, that's important that we understand that. So when it's time for these kids to go to school, we've all had a hand in pushing their career forward. Yeah, absolutely, Greg. And uh, just to echo what you've said, you think about a community that's put through so many great athletes that haven't really gone and been able to even go to that next level and how that impacts a community, how uh, a junior college degree, a technical degree, a four-year degree, yeah. somebody coming back to this community with that education can only help uh, pick you or whatever area they're coming out of and going back to. It changes the culture, baby. It changes the culture, the dynamic of your community. And we can all do it. So we can we can either we can make excuses or we can make changes, man. And and I I'm coming out there to help make some changes. I've been having this information for quite some time and I'm ready to share it. Well, we're gonna try to get as many folks as we can there on the sixteenth and then on the eighteenth as well. Greg, we Hello? certainly appreciate uh, you joining us tonight, my man. Thank you for joining us for this special episode of the Talking Ball Y'all podcast.